You're listening to audio from Holy Cross Church in Tucson, Arizona. To find more resources and learn more about our ministry, please visit holycrosstucson.com. It's good to be with you guys on this uh, Father's Day. Um, yeah, my name is Matt. I'm a, the RUF campus minister down at the University of Arizona. Um, it is, it's, it's fun. I, in, uh, in Denver, the, the random thing it was random for me. I've been in Tucson for a year. But the, I think the guy who was helping load people onto the plane was an Arizona State person. And he announced over the megaphone, if I hear Bear Down one more time, we are not going to go. And then on the plane, everybody's you know, singing U of A, Bear Down, whatnot. But it's a great, a great community to be a part of. And it's been a blessing to be, be on campus there. And I'm so grateful for your church, for your investment. I think of this past December, you guys collected bags to give away for finals, uh, finals week. Such a, a great way to show love to the campus and care there. And I just want to give you a, a brief little update about what's, what's going on there. Um, yeah, so I started last uh, mid-July, August, got on campus and had, you know, an exciting year learning all the, the fun um, routines and things of both RUF and on campus. But one, one student that really walked with me through that was a, was a gal named Reagan. She was our student class president. Um, class president, student, a, a club president, and she is somebody who, just as a story of what can happen through RUF, when she was a freshman, she met Dan, the previous campus minister, and through interactions with him, came to faith in Christ. She was then, then baptized at Midtown Prez, where, where we attend, down right by campus, and, and this year, she is being sent out as an intern to go to Texas Tech with RUF, and so we are able to encounter students from all sorts of backgrounds, nominal Christians, all sorts of things. We'll talk about those a little bit more. But they have the opportunity to hear the gospel because of your partnership, your prayers, um, your, your giving to us. If you want to talk more about what's going on, I would love to do that after, after the service. Um, but for, for today, uh, we're going to look at perhaps a, a familiar passage from Romans 1, um, verses 16 and 17. Uh, but the reason I wanted to, d- to dig into this is... Um, I guess especially being on campus, there is such a need for us who are Christians to immerse ourselves in the good news of the gospel and to find ways to, to share that good news uh, with others. Um, and I think like me, amidst people that have very different ideas, very different perspectives on what the good life is, what a good party is, what fun is, what, what it means for success, it can be really easy to be ashamed of what God has done in our lives ashamed of what is true. But this passage is one that I think just really empowers us, emboldens us, and enables us to um, boldly proclaim the gospel and to remember what is true for us. So let me read the passage, uh, Romans 1, 16 through, through uh, 17, and then I'll, I'll pray and we'll, we'll dig in. So hear now the word of the Lord. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Um, Lord, would you speak by uh, your word to us again this morning? Lord, would you remind us of what is true? God, these, these wonderful things that we have, have sung, that at the rugged cross you have paid the price for our salvation. God, that you are for us even as we walk through valleys and, and, sh- and shadows and dark, dark places. And Lord, would you embolden us to speak humbly, graciously, uh, winsomely with those around us. Do this all by the power and work of your spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as uh, James mentioned, we've got three, three little girls, Nora and Juniper and uh, Evie, and um, 
this summer, I guess it's, you know, be, being in Tucson, um, they have loved having a pool in, in our house. They, they have loved, have, it's not in our house, that'd be a little nutty, in our backyard. They, they have loved going, going in there each and every day. Um, I'm amazed, they started about mid-April, so the, the pool was about 63 degrees the first time they went into it. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I finally got in once the pool hit 80 degrees. <laughs> but there is a sense in which they just love being in there, trying new things, exploring all the different spots within the pool. They love not only jumping in, they also love learning new tricks within it. Doing a underwater cartwheels is one they, they picked up on. Also wanted to get new tools to enjoy it more. We've gotten a kickboard, we've gotten swimming noodles, we've gotten diving toys, all other ways to enjoy the, the beauty, the wonder, the joy of the pool, especially amidst the heat, uh, perhaps the oppressive heat of the summer that we, that we all encounter here. Um, they, they've, they've got their goggles so they can see more clearly in there, so they can find more things. Um, they love to ask me, like, Dad, come on, jump in, jump in. When are you coming in? Come on in, come on come in. Um, they also will say, watch this, watch this, watch this. Um, they really enjoy and delight the pool. They're, uh, they're in swimming lessons now where they're learning to do more. They absolutely delight in being in the pool. Um, and I think that the picture that I want to try and paint this morning is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we'll explain a little bit more in a minute, can feel like it is just a diving board for us. Of like, okay, I've got the basics. Jesus lived the perfect life. He died. He rose again. Now let's move on to the more serious things. And I think the picture of what needs to happen for us and what I am trying to do for myself and for the community at RUF is, no, 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 no. The gospel of Jesus Christ is meant to be like a swimming pool for us to immerse ourselves in, to, to dive into, to enjoy over and over, to continue to learn more and more about each and every day. And in the book of, of Romans, Paul is writing, to the church in Rome, a church that he helped to, to found in a, in a community that is very affluent, that is viewed well uh, by the government, has a lot of power and opportunities. And what he's saying to them is, what you need more than anything else is to know the good news of the gospel. You need to know what is true and the implications that it has upon your life. And so as we look through this text, there's three things we're going to look at. The, the good news, um, the gospel is the good news, is the power of God, and it is what saves us. So first of all, um, we're talking about it as, as good news. Okay, so uh, what are some of the things, the good news things that we hear in our lives, right? Maybe it's one of, we've got extra donut holes today, right? For every kid who hears those words, that is good news. And it implies what's going to happen is once the service ends, there's going to be a, a motion, action that happens perhaps running to go get those before anybody else takes them all, right? There's cupcakes, you know. Um, I'm not sure what the, the good news, maybe the good news this morning for, for the dads is like that your kids care about what you wear. Hey, put on a blue shirt. And, 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 and what happens is like, well, I delight to do this. This is good news. They actually care. They're thinking about me. We respond to this good news that is there. Um, man, I know that there are some new babies that are in the room, right? When you hear that a new baby is coming, it's good news, but it implies there are going to be changes that happen, right? You go to the store if you don't have a crib yet. You buy a car seat. You learn about what the best stroller is for whatever activity you're going to do. The good news uh, enforces changes upon you, enforces things that will, you will do differently as a result of what has happened. And what Paul is saying here is, um, I'm talking the gospel, the meaning of that word is that it is good news. It is based in reality, something that actually happened. And Paul can't help 
but want to share that with everyone around him. And, and his hope is that people begin to see this and know the reality that Jesus lived the perfect life. He came, God made man. He, he died a death to, to pay for our sin, to give us, um, he rose again to, to give us new life. He ascended into heaven, is seated by God and is praying for us that everything in our lives hinges upon that truth. Everything in our lives is changed through the reality of what Jesus did for us. And he wants that good news to be transformative to us. And when I think about this church community, again, I don't know you guys that well, but when I think about um, the church from part of it, Midtown and the, and the students that are there, man, my hope and prayer is they would look at the news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and at least consider what happened. Because as we think about um, news that's out there of what we will build our lives upon, um, we can believe things that are not true, right? It's easy for us to fall into believing things that are not true. It's like, if I work hard enough, I can get anything that I want, is one of those that is put upon us all the time. Um, or if you live in this way, things will work out for you. But what Paul is wanting the, the people to, to hear is, you know, the, the good news is that, again, Jesus died and he rose again. And if he rose again, everything in your life changes as a result of that reality. That you need to think about the hard things that he said and see it. Well, if he rose, then I need to listen to him. Let's look for him. And so this good news is what everybody needs to hear. And, and Paul knows that, that faith comes through hearing. Um, there are all sorts of things throughout Romans that pick up later on upon these, these words. Um, but it's so important for us to understand the, the truth of what the gospel is um, and be willing to proclaim it at all times around us. Um, and what's interesting, um, on the campus, you know, one of the interactions, I was walking with a guy who, he's, he's a seeker, his name's Ainsley, he's, I think he's real close to faith in God, but it's just interesting, you know, you walk on campus and you see things like, he's like, hey, there's a Black Hawk that just landed down at the end of the campus, there's all these clubs that are set up, there's a guy who's like, hey, do you want a free Bible? And we're like, oh no, we, we've got a Bible. But the group right behind us, um, I don't remember exactly what they said, it was very strong language, but a sense of... It's like, do you want that? Basically like, oh no, <laughs> not a chance in stronger language that you'd hear on a college campus um, than that. But it's basically, and then after they walked past, I heard him say, I try to make my life as hard for people like that as I can. And that's the reality that, that we are encountering in spaces around us, right? I think it's especially so on the campus. Um, but what is it that enables us that empowers us to speak that is because we know what, what God has done for us and what has happened within us. And so I think for, before we move on to the power of God, I think it's important for us that the gospel is good news for us, but we also need to remember the, the, the bad news too, right? The, the good news isn't so good of like, hey, um, you know, someone comes over, jumps at you, tackles you, knocks you on the ground. Like, what, what, why did you do that? If the there was a truck coming at you, they dove to hit you to save your life, that is incredibly good news that, that knocks you over. And what we need to hear, what we need others to hear, is the, the reality that we cannot save ourselves. Um, Romans, as it continues on soon after this, talks all about, in chapter 1 and 2 and 3, 
that those of us who are unrighteous, which is all of us, no one is righteous, are, are deserving of God's wrath, of his judgment, of his, his punishment for us. But the good news is that we are, uh, even though we have fallen short, even though we have failed, even though we have not lived up to that standard, is we are able to be saved because of the work of Christ. We, because of the, the truth of what God has accomplished through this life, his death, and his resurrection. And this is something that we just really need to remember for ourselves and be unashamed of as we speak with others. Um, and this part of being not ashamed of the gospel, um, you might think it's as a, as a campus minister, as a pastor, it's like, oh no, you, you never feel that, 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 that shame or that, that doubt. And I think part of why Paul says this is not just because he is trying to put it upon others. He is recognizing within himself how easy it is to be ashamed, right? How easy it is for us to, to hold in what, what God has done. And I, I think of for myself, you know, RUF, Reformed University Fellowship on the University of Arizona campus, is we've got a group of about 20, 30 students, you know, 40, 50 that we're connected to, on a campus of 40,000 people that have all sorts of backgrounds. There's a lot of skepticism towards Christians, as we've already heard of, man, is it really worth it to go out there and share this good news again? And by my own power and strength, it's not, right? It's like, all right, Matt, come on, you, you can do it today. But if I reflect upon the influence that God has had upon my life personally, if I see the way that he has transformed the lives of those around me, if I believe in what has happened, if I reflect on the story of Paul going from a persecutor of the church to someone who is its loudest proclaimer, that empowers me to go out, to remember what God has done, to go out unashamedly to speak to others. Man, and if I truly believe that this good news has changed my life and can change others' lives, it helps remove that, that sense of shame, that doubt, and enables me to have those conversations and really believe that God is at work there. Um, and I'm almost getting ahead of myself here, because what is it that empowers us and makes this possible? Um, the, the pastor goes on, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, that good news, for it is the power of God for salvation. It is the power, it is dynamic, it moves us. It pushes us, us forward. Um, it gives us capacity. And it's not something that's interesting information. It's not just um, words that are there, but it is what really saves us from sin. It empowers us uh, to have newness of life. It enables us to become a church. It provides uh, an eternal hope for us. And so the power of God is at work with us, within us, by the work of the gospel. Um, and again, as I said, I was just traveling this past uh, week, and um, you don't realize how important power is until it runs out in the things that you're using, right? So thankfully, my, you know, my phone was able to maintain power throughout traveling, but on the way back in Denver for, for three extra hours, and on my first flight, uh, I was listening to this great podcast, really interesting conversation that was going on, and then all of a sudden it stopped. And what had happened? My, my headphones had run out of power. I, I foolishly had not brought the, brought the right, uh, you know, connected power cord for it. But the, but the power went out, and I was shut down from, from hearing uh, what was going on. And that loss of power, I, I think, is 
just a reminder of what I, what I think it can feel like as we are going through our lives and whether it be our own personal doubts, whether it be the concerns of others, that we can feel like, man, I've lost the power to continue going forward in my Christian life. I have lost the power to speak about what has happened. I have lost power uh, to continue uh, going on within us. Um, and what this text is saying, it's echoing what was said in Acts 1.8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses, is that through the gospel, through the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we are empowered to do things that are, are beyond our own strength. We are empowered. We are filled up with a power that um, comes out through us at all times. It gives us a, a new life beyond this life here on earth. It gives us a new joy that God will work all things for good for all those who are called according to him. That not even death can separate us from the love of God. It gives us a new hope of where God will take us, of the, the reality that we can um, maintain a living hope amidst the pains, the struggles, the, the sorrows we face in this world. It enables us to have new patterns where we look to, to God first before ourselves. It is utterly transformative. It empowers our lives to be transformed through the very gospel of Jesus Christ. And the words are true that greater is he, God who is in us, than he who is in the world. So the gospel is good news that has implications for us. It is the very power of God at work within us. Um, and again, if you're anything like me, as we get into the, you know, the, the, heat of the summer season, when I just feel tired when I wake up and it's, you know, it's, it's hot outside, it feels tiring. I think I can get that same way in my relationship with God, relationship with others. As a father of young kids, it can feel like I am just weary and worn out. I've got nothing left in the tank. I have no strength to, to come to the Lord, to come to others, to go to the places where I'm at. Um, and what I need to hear from God, from those around me, is that his invitation is not to, Matt, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Get back in the game. It's, man, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, remember, I have given my spirit within you if your hope is in me. You are empowered to do things that are beyond you. And one other part about the, the power of God is one of the key principles for, for RUF is that God is at work on campus. God is at work in your home. God is at work in your workplace. God is at work in the parks around you. He is already there working beyond you. So those simple little statements you, you share of how God's been at work in your life or of, man, how can I help you in the midst of your sorrow? Or what is bothering you? Can, can I pray for you? We can trust that God's power is at work in us and through us and also at work outside of us, around us. And that really enables us to more boldly speak of what he has done in us, the, the, what he can do for them. And the, the message of the, the gospel, I think the, the thing that is, is truly free and where we'll hit with our third point is that the gospel is what saves us. It is what saves us. So it reveals uh, God's righteousness. Again, in what 
done for us. Uh, we do not save ourselves. We said these words early on in the um, call to confession, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. By grace you've been saved through faith, uh, not a work of yourselves, but a gift of God. Um, and if you look around our world today, there are all sorts of things that people are looking for to justify themselves. Right? There are all sorts of things people are trying to um, to show to prove themselves, to, to show that they matter, they're valuable, they're important. Um, this is an older one, but as a, um, as a runner, perhaps a former runner, I still get out some, but the, um, the story of Eric Little and uh, Abrams who ran here with him, he, he said these words directly uh, that as a sprinter, I have 10 seconds to justify my existence. I have 10 seconds to prove that I matter, that I am valuable. Um, I heard these other words from another um, uh, just family friend of ours. Um, she was, had retired and, and, and said these words of, well, I've got to justify the air that I am breathing. I've got to be valuable. I'm not working. It seems like I am not doing enough. On the college campus, I, I can hear the words of, well, I've got to study hard so I can get into grad school or so I can get a job. That way I can marry the person that I want to, that I can have the house I want to, send my kids to the right schools, to get into the right communities. And there is so much pressure put upon um, justifying ourselves through proving ourselves through our performance that it can be utterly um, overwhelming for us. Academics, I've, it's all going to fall upon me. Perhaps in getting into the right school for those that are younger. Perhaps it's how well your kids perform academically, the pressure we put upon ourselves to justify ourselves. Perhaps it's appearance. Man, that my beauty, my strength is what gives me my value, what makes me who I am. My, my job, the, the role, the letters that follow my name, who I manage, what, what I do. We are all seeking to prove ourselves. Perhaps through your network perhaps through the, um, the relationships you're connected to, we each, through our lives, um, try and find ways to, to justify ourselves, to prove ourselves. And what this text is saying is um, that salvation comes to everyone who believes, um, to the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. Um, and, and I guess the term righteousness is one that is a very churchy type word of righteousness. I, I think a, another way of, um, of saying, just like, my value comes this way. My, my value comes through this. Or I um, prove myself, the way that I prove myself comes through this, that or the other thing. Um, and in this text, one of the, the freeing things that the gospel offers is the, the weight that the world wants to put upon you to say the right things, right? Be politically correct in the right con context and not be canceled to, um, to keep on earning every promotion, to do everything right in the eyes of your company, to do the same thing within your neighborhood. The weight that is put upon you even by the Christian community, to, to prove yourself by sending your kids to the right schools or being in the right programs, of doing all these things. How freeing it is that the righteousness that we long for, the righteousness that is asked of us, we cannot accomplish by our own power. We are not asked to do that. 
what are we, what are we asked to do with this, this text is to put our faith, our trust, our hope in Jesus, in his finished work, to believe and receive the, the perfect life that he lived, um, to really believe that our sin has been paid for upon the cross. And once again, what I'll say for me personally, um, I think in, in some ways it's easier for me to believe that Jesus lived a perfect life, and it's harder for me to believe that he truly paid for all the sins and failures that I have. Because in my life, I so often get caught up in my own guilt or my own shame of I'll never be good enough. I will never measure up. I will never earn what God has done for me. And what have I done within that statement? I have completely misunderstood the truth of the gospel. It is not upon me, it is not upon you to live up to that standard, to, to earn it, to prove it, to make yourself righteous. It's to say, man, why am I beating myself up? When Jesus was beaten, mocked, scorned, and put a cross to set me free of that. Why am I feeling like I have to live perfectly when I know that he has lived a perfect life in my place? Why am I so quick to try and make my life look good before others when, again, my hope, my trust is not in me, is not in my family, not in anything upon that, that can be seen, but rather in what, what Christ has done for me? Um, our faith, our hope in Christ frees us from having to measure up. It frees us from beating ourselves up for failing, for, for not living up even the own standards we set for ourselves, let alone those, those that others put upon us. Uh, this is good news. This is meant to transform us. And, and as we began, it's meant to be something that we continue to swim throughout our lives, that we delight in amidst the, the heat, the strain of the, the desert around us, both literally and figuratively, through, through the places we are, that we have got a cool, a cool beautiful, wonderful, refreshing pool to swim in. We can continue to, to, to get goggles, to, to dig deeper into God's word, to dig deeper in looking at the lives of those around us, to invite others in to say, man, do you feel how hot it is? How, how draining, how desperate you are? Come experience the refreshing waters. Um, come see how beautiful it is and it's all that is going on. Come take a break, cool off, Live in the joy, the childlike joy of being in a pool playing together. That is the invitation of the gospel for us. And one that we should be eager to share with others. Once we have seen, we have delighted, we have received the goodness of this joy, there's a sense in which, man, come take the load off your shoulders. Take the pressure off that you've been living under. Pain away that you've put upon yourselves come and experience this. And one thing just I'll, I'll note within this is we can think that to be unashamed means that you are out on the street corner yelling at everybody, telling how great the gospel is. That is one way to be unashamed. I'm not saying that's the only way, and in some contexts, it's super helpful. Um, on campus at the U of A, uh, there are all sorts of things that are shouted at those people <laughs> that, that I hear there. I, I think a picture of us for uh, to be bold about who we are is also using some wisdom within that. We don't want to cower back and not sharing who we are, but it's also a sense of understanding where is this person coming from? What is the aspect of the gospel that is good news to them? Are they trying to prove themselves 
again, for, for me on campus, through their academics, is a sense of you are destroying yourself trying to get the grade, and it is only hurting you. What if your identity is not fundamentally found in your performance there? Um, man, I see how much you are giving up to try and make your, your family perfect, whether it be in the eyes of your parents or in the eyes of those around you. It's, it's a good longing, but, but come, rest and receive. It's, it's not upon your shoulders. Experience the grace and mercy of God. And I see how hard you are working for the next promotions for you to get that respect from those around you. What if you believe that the great Father, the creator of everything, the one who is Lord over all, delights in you if your hope is in him? For us to take aspects of the gospel and recognize that for each of us, we're on a journey, that we are helping people, um, according to what, to, to move from spots um, from spots of complacency to curiosity, becoming open to change, to seeking after God, that there are a number of steps that people, people go through, and that we are those who get to walk with them in those ways. And so as we, we close, what I'll say is that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that we are more sinful than we ever imagined, we are more loved than we ever dared hope, it is worth diving into for the rest of our lives. It is worth us seeking to understand more and more. It is worth us enjoying, again, being amazed by ourselves. Because what do we most want to share about? What we love, what we enjoy, what we are amazed by. And would each of us see once again the tremendous love of our God, the tremendous sacrifice that Christ gave, that we would want to invite others into the beauty, the the refreshment, the joy, the wonder that comes through believing in Jesus and being freed from the, the other burdens we put upon ourselves and others put upon us. Thanks for listening to this audio from Holy Cross Church. Visit us at holycrosstucson.com to find more resources and connect with us.